Uh, Brett, it's great to see you. How are you doing right now? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's good to see you. Um, so right now I want to talk about your future and where you're going. And I heard through the rumor mill that you were considering joining the Coast Guard. Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, so basically, uh, I'm not a college athlete anymore, and I'm trying to find uh, my next team, if you will. Um, something, you know, uh, acquires leadership um, and different stuff like that. So um, just looking at different professions. Um I think the Coast Guard would be would be a great opportunity. Uh, I'm applying for OCS, um, which would just put me in the, the Coast Guard as an officer. So, uh, yeah, right now that's my goal. So that's what I'm working towards. You're going to start like at the officer rank? If, if I get accepted to OCS, uh, the acceptance rate is like 11%. So it's, it's going to be tough to get in, but, um, you know, I'm going to give my best shot and see what happens. And what are they looking for when you apply to, to be OCS or is that, is that called OCS? Yeah, it's officer candidate school. Oh, um, oh it's a, it's a school. It's, it's a, a training. Yeah. Officer. It's like a four month school. And then you go, uh, directly as an officer instead of just enlisting. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. So you start as an, so you start as an officer and we talked about 11% acceptance rate. Like what goes into when oh, you have selection definitely. process? The, it's actually a huge process. Um, I just passed the test. You have to take an ASVAB test. Um, and looking for a certain score. And so I got that score. Um, but along with that, you have to take a physical uh, letter of recommendation. Um, you have to write a narrative as well as your GPA. Um, you just all pretty much is a packet you create and you submit to a panel. Um, and it's all about you. So it, it, there's a lot of different things that go into it, but they're pretty much looking for the most qualified candidates. Because when you talk about, you know, uh, recruiting for college football or mm -hmm. recruiting for the NFL, you kind of idea 40 time, you know, uh, exactly. what's, your, what's your IQ level, what's your highlight tape say. Exactly. When you talk about the Coast Guard, you say that there's questions involved in, my question is what kind of questions are they asking you when you fill out this questionnaire? Okay, um, so there's a lot of different stuff. Um, the ASVAB is a test that you take. Um, it's like math and English, but there's a ton of different stuff on there. Um, they ask if you've ever been arrested, uh, have you ever done drugs, a whole bunch of stuff like that, um, as well as they uh, they want to hear from people who know you and that worked closely with you. So letters of recommendation from those people, they want to hear you directly, um, so you write your own narrative to them. Um, they want to see awards that you've received in the past, and um, just a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, we'll go All that stuff will go into this packet. Then you submit it to a panel, and they'll choose uh, who, who they want. And it's something that you seem very passionate about. And we've all known you as you got to run tracks, you know, live in California, <laughs> um, you know, stand-up citizen, all that good stuff. But has this been something that's kind of been in your back of your mind for a while now? A little bit, yeah. Um, just trying to think about life after track. Um, I honestly never thought I'd see the day. Uh, right, yeah, right. yeah. I never thought I'd see the day, but it, it was there. And so I, I was always thinking, you know, what's going to be what's going to be next. Um, and it never seemed real until it actually happened. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely super passionate about it because it's kind of like my next team is kind of what I view it as. And I'm really just passionate about serving for a country. I think um, it's something I'm very capable of doing. Um, and I think it'd be a great opportunity. See, did you, was there any like family in the background or like anybody that, you know, in your, in your, in your lineage that um, influenced you a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Uh, both my uh, grandpas uh, served in the military and um, just talking to one of my grandpas, it seems like that kind of pretty much shaped who he was. I was like, wow, you know, I really want to have an experience like that. Um, and then my dad being in law enforcement his whole life um, and just seeing, you know, how big of an impact it had on him. I was like, wow, you know, this is something I really want to get involved in. And I was looking at your resume and you're just doing a little bit of background research. Now, yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm a professional, so yeah, I was definitely, trying to yeah. figure out some of the stuff going on behind the scenes. And I saw a Secret Agent was one of the things you listed as oh. a career path. And I don't know you thought about it for a while, but I just thought that was interesting. I never yeah. even did. 
are you a secret agent right now? <laughs> I, I wish. Right now? I wish. No, I wish. Uh, <laughs> it, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe one day. Uh, my dad was a special agent for a long time. And so uh, I was like, dang, you know, that that would be like an awesome career path. It's, it's something that I feel like would make a difference. And that's really my, my goal. Uh, I feel like that's my purpose is to, you know, make a difference. So I feel like I could best do that as a, a special agent. Are you allowed to say your dad's a secret agent? <laughs> <laughs> He's retired now, so I think it's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so. it, is that when you go, like, scuba diving in, like, foreign countries? Or is that, like, so what, what goes into uh, that? He, he uh, let's see, he did a couple different things. He uh, was a special agent. He was a U.S. Marshal. Uh, so he's going after America's Most Wanted. Um, and then he worked uh, as uh, undercover um, in, like, low housing income area in Oklahoma. And then he finished his, his career um, at, for the Department of Homeland Security. Um, so, yeah, he, he was kind of in a couple different departments. But, yeah, it was pretty cool. And so, so those that's kind of the route you're going right now. Exactly. Yeah, that's stuff. that's my goal is to do something like that. Okay. Yeah, okay. pretty cool. Uh, and, and right now residing in Redmond, Washington, is, is that is that where you're like, because like, I know you were in California for a long time. Yeah, I, I was in Irvine. Um, actually, my parents retired. They moved to Henderson. Um, is that in is that Nevada? Yeah, yeah, Nevada. Oh, it is. So okay. yeah, I'm actually down there. Um, I'm just up here to visit. Um, oh no! Way. Yeah, so I'm only up here for a l like a little bit. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of weird not being you know in Woodinville anymore because that's the hometown. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, it definitely it's definitely a bummer, but uh, moving on. Hopefully, you know, I, I can get this job soon and and uh, figure out what's next for me. And in Henderson, Nevada, what, is that located close to Las Vegas or is that? Yeah, it is. Reno, it's like or? twenty. It's like twenty minutes uh, outside of Vegas which is it's definitely like totally different scene than up here. Um, it's, it's a lot hotter. It doesn't rain. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah, it's cool. Um, it's just a temporary place. My parents just moved there temporarily. So yeah, it, it's not long-term or anything, but it's just, you know, well that right Las now. Vegas area is if you could suburbs, I didn't know about Henderson, but uh, I, uh -huh. I've, I've lived in Las Vegas like during summers, you know, I, I, oh, my, no way. my dad, uh, he flips houses down there. Oh, so no yeah, way. That's he, sick. Every time he has to fix something up, he, I, he dra drags me along. Oh so yeah. Go yeah. Down there painting stuff like oh, that. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I definitely sick. know a lot about Vegas. Oh yeah. Know, it's right. There. It's like right outside like 20, 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, and, and the reason, you know, why I bring up Vegas is it's that's such a booming market because I think people have realized, and this applies to track is that you can do that stuff year round and exactly, like, exactly especially like baseball like oh, tons of baseball tournaments happen there. definitely yeah uh, like football is huge now they're like bishop gorman I think oh yeah i've heard of them yeah definitely they're crazy so yeah i mean that's something that uh if you know if you, you want to be a track star you might want to go to vegas yeah now. <laughs> no definitely um as long as it's not too hot but <laughs> right, right. yeah um it was nice going back there for like winter break and different breaks just being able to go train at the local high school because i didn't have to put on four layers like i would up here you know, oh, good I could point, just, yeah. yeah, I could just go out to the track and get, get my work in. It was like super easy cause it was still hot. It's like for you right now, I mean, obviously like, you know, you're not going to be like running races or anything right now, but I mean, you can't just stop running. Right? I know it's, it's... that that's like, I feel like the biggest question, uh, when you see all the graduating seniors, uh, from the track class, everyone's like, you know, what are you going to do? You're still going to compete. Um, I've had a lot of teammates compete unattached and had a lot of success with it. Um, what does unattached mean? Unattached is basically, so post-collegiate, um, unless you know you're one of the top runners, you're not gonna get picked up by a sponsor, so you won't be professional. Um, but people can run unattached, which means that they're not on a team, um, and pretty much just try to get noticed and um, get picked up by a sponsor or just join a club and run. Um, a lot of people from the Concordia track team will, will join Cal, Cal Coast. We've had a lot of success with people running with Cal Coast. And then uh, we have one teammate, Sterling Jones. He ran on the team my freshman year. And he uh, has some sponsorships now, but he uh, 
just qualified for the USA national championships in Sacramento, and he ran at the Olympic trials. And that, that's like a process because I know the next Olympics will be like what 2018, isn't it? 20, uh, 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2020. Or 2018 is gonna be uh, winter, but 2020 is next. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they're already preparing for 2020, like with the trials going on right now, right? Is, is that what you're saying? This, like, so this is um, world champ. This is uh, USA. USA is for the world championships in August. Um, so that's what people are, are trying for right now. But people are always got the Olympics. You know, that's that's always everyone's main goal at the end. Is this to make it to wherever it's going to be in 2020? Is no, th- this is this is just for the uh, world um, the world championships in August. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, because to the casual observer, we think of track and we think of 2020 Olympics. Exactly. But yeah, that's I guess the main what you're stage. talking about right now is uh, the world championships in August. Yeah, that happen. That, that happens every. Because I see. That happens, like, I see yeah. on ESPN right now. They're like running a ton of track. Like, yeah, exactly. College tracks. So I'm like, like, what's going yeah. on? Like, what's what's going on right now? Exactly. So yeah, they just had the uh, NCAA D1 uh, national championships, um, and then there's been a, a ton of pro uh, meets going on because people are trying to qualify for uh, their country's um, nationals so they can get a mark for worlds. And and you're talking about a lot of your alumni, you know, your people that are, are graduated with you. Mm-hmm. Are just sort of running called the California League. Is that is that what you called it's, it? It's uh it's a club called Cal Coast. Um and one of our coaches is in charge of it. It kind of runs the club and um there's there's been a lot of different people who would graduate from Concordia and then go run at Cal Coast and had a lot of success uh, running for the club. And so what's the age range of these competitors? Like obviously you got like a 23, 24 year olds that just wrapped up back in Cordy or yeah, exactly. colleges, but are, do you see like 28, 29 year olds still oh, trying yeah, to pursue definitely. a dream? Yeah, definitely. You see people uh, into their, well into their thirties uh, still running. Yeah. Trying, trying to get a mark. And then um, you even see like uh, a master's class of people who are in their fifties just competing so they can still compete, which is pretty cool. So it's kind of a balance of having a platform to pursue your dreams and continue on to the next level. Definitely. Also, while some people just love it and exactly. like, it's like, what do you do after college? You know, it's like, exactly. Just trying to find where you fit in. So, and, and I, I know that you like, that's not like, like what, where you're going right now, mm-hmm. but as far as like, you know, your speed and your ability, like, like to me, I feel like it would be a little bit sad. Like, you know, you kind of, not peaked, but I mean, you know, you probably won't ever go. I don't want to use the word. No, I I understand. Yeah. After I ran some of those PRs this year, I said, Ooh, I don't, I don't know if I'll (laughs) I'll ever touch that again. Um, we have an alumni meet, uh, that we started where alumni will come back and, and compete. So I've been joking with a couple of my buddies, like the day after, uh, our season's finished, we're like, Hey, let's get ready for the alumni meet. Well, how, how soon after, <laughs> uh, you retire, you not retire, but like, you know, you, you graduate. Yeah, yeah. How, when is the next alumni meet after that? It'll be uh, next December. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. I got plenty. Some of people time. might not make it. Some, I mean, some <laughs> people like, well, like six months, like they're kind of like, yeah, uh, everyone, some people are, some people are just like, all right, that's too far. Uh, joking with one of my teammates he's like yeah my goal is to be 300 pounds by the next uh, alumni meet because he just finished uh he's just messing though he better not be serious um but yeah we'll uh we'll joke around we'll probably get out there and make a little relay with uh, some of the guys who just graduated and have some fun it and it's really cool because we'll go back and um it'll be awesome to see where my teammates um that are still competing where they're at and uh just see them get after it because that's like the first taste of competition is the alumni meet um and you're fighting for a spot on the travel roster and you're really just fighting, fighting to show where you're at right now, because that's like right before indoor season starts. Because you guys were like the cream of the crop this past season, and some of these younger guys coming up in the system still get a chance to compete against you guys and exactly. see like, where they measure up with exactly. you know, where they want to be. Is that, that kind of like the format of it? Like you yeah. race some of the younger guys as well. Definitely, yeah. It's super fun to see uh, with the new incoming freshmen uh, what they got. And we this past year we had two freshmen um, on the guys' sprint side that were, that were moving. 
um, Chris Youngs and Ryan Ross. Those guys, those guys got some speed. So I'm super excited to see uh, where they're going to be at this upcoming season. Um, Chris finished really strong, and then Ryan he ended up getting hurt, um, which is a bummer. Right at, into the outdoor season, right when it started, um, and that guy's got some wheels. So him coming back healthy, and then Chris got another year under his belt. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see the, the young guys step up next year. So there's still some things going on in the track culture and in, in your life and you know like where you're going in the future with that. Definitely. But I want to uh, start from the very beginning. Definitely. Um, what first got you in the running track? So um, I ran my first uh, race in second grade, official track race in second grade. Um, basically, my my dad noticed he's like, man, this guy's. I was playing soccer. This guy. This like guy's your, running by everybody. Your son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> his son. Yeah. Uh, he knows that he's like, man, this guy, or his son is running by everybody. Um, let's get him in a track meet. And this is back when I was living in Oklahoma. Um, my first race was a 50 uh, meter dash in Oklahoma, Edmond, Oklahoma. And I went out there, beat some people. So, uh, it was, I had fun, right? Winning's fun. Um, that's one of the main reasons you run track. You like to win. Uh, so I just uh, kept with it. So, uh, you s- I didn't know you started out in Oklahoma. Yeah. I, I, I'd never even heard about that. Yeah. I lived in Oklahoma for um, when I was two, all the way up till uh, halfway through fourth grade. So, oh, so yeah, so so you ran there for a couple of years. Yeah, I ran there, um, and I was a youngster, but I was out there running, um, you know, placing top in state as a little guy. Um, and then, oh, so you were competing with this? Like, cause I, when I think of elementary track, I don't think of like oh yeah, at it, state or anything like it, that. I just think of it was um, running on a dirt track. No, yeah, it was. Uh, so it's called like USA's and AU track. Um, so it was like kind of like select track for the basketball people out there. Um, and it basically you, it's separate from the school. It's like, uh, kind of on your own or with a club and you would just run against people against the state if you qualified. No way. So, yeah. so when you're talking about second grade running the 50 meter, you're not talking about, um, running for your, uh, elementary school. No, or anything yeah. Like that. Th- you're running, talking about, so at second grade, you know, seven years old, you're already competing with like the top <laughs> seven year olds in the area at least exactly right? yeah and then you're pretty much competing with the same guys year in and year out and are you talking about competing with uh, the country or are you just talking competing with oklahoma like that's yeah just level? oklahoma um the farthest I ever made too was regionals um but yeah it, it was always cool to see uh it was always cool to see um the guys and like wh- where they'd go because you'd see some guys you know on tv playing football or still running and stuff so you see uh some of these guys still made it big some of those guys that you compete with at that track level, like exactly. at that young age, and, and they go on to get scholarships to do other sports exactly. or something along those lines. Yeah, so yeah, it was pretty cool. So when you come up here, um, did you, were you able to find like a local AU like tr- yeah. track team? or were you? Okay, Definitely. tell me a little about that. Yeah, so uh, I ran with the Issaquah Gliders, um, and that was a great experience. Uh, one of my buddies um, that I always ran with ended up running at University of Kansas, um, Drew Matthews, and he, he was a great athlete, and I started running with him in fifth grade. I was in fifth grade. Um, we ran at state together when we were young, um, and yeah, that that was really cool. Uh, I was based in Issaquah, um, <coughs> the gliders, and yeah, that that was awesome. And then once it got to seventh grade, you could run uh, at the junior high too. And were you running just sprints at this time, or were you yeah, running like a little I, bit long distance? Or I've always been uh, a one-two guy, um, and then once I got into high school, Coach Cody was the one who finally started pushing me. He said, "Hey, try the four, try the four. Um, but up until high school. I always ran the one and the two, uh, four by one, 
um, never touched a four by four and um, ran. I, I'd run one open four in my life up until high school. So yeah, that was something that you were like considering like the 400. What about tra- uh, field events? Was that something that was a big part of that culture? Um, actually, I was never into field events. Uh, ever? Two, ever, yeah. <laughs> two, of my, two of my buddies, uh, Eric Hong and Nick Lucarden, were always like, you got to try long jump. You got to try long jump. And because they, they were always big into field events, like you could be good. Um, went out to one practice. Um, tried a long jump. Coach Sandy saw my form and was just like, yeah, you, you're not going to be a long <laughs> jumper. Yeah, it just it wasn't happening. It was, it was fun, though. Because when you talk about excelling at a track event or any sport, really, uh-huh. you got to start from a young age. So exactly. if you were running with Issaquah gliders, which, by the way, when I when I was thinking about talking about you in your early track days, uh-huh. I was literally just expecting you to talk about, yeah, I ran at Wellington or I ran. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I did I, run at Wellington, but, uh, yeah, I ran no, a but lot it wasn't, outside you went, it, it wasn't as serious, though. No, right? not at all. Oh, it was completely gliders. different. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was completely different. And in, in 50 meters was the standard for second grade, third grade, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, did it, 50 in the 100. Did it, oh, do we, but it's like, what age was the 100 meter, 200 meter pre- pre- prevalent? Like, that prevalent? was, let's see, I ran my first 200 in third grade. So they were um, letting you guys run a 200 meter and stuff like that? Yeah, in third grade is, is uh, when you can finally move up to the to the 200. To like the, the standard kind of like the, the normal like track distances? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, under third grade is when you have the 50 um, instead of the two. And then when you get to junior high, like seventh grade, eighth mm-hmm. grade, uh, w- did you were you still running with Issaquah gliders, or were you yeah, more focused I, on the junior high team? Yeah, I was. I was running with Issaquah gl- gliders, but that's when I started to transition more into focusing on junior high. And, um, and junior yeah. high is like a. It, I mean, it's still just one season, though. It's not like exactly. Yeah. Round. So yeah, because there was like four seasons in junior high, so it was just one of the four, which is like what three months out of the yeah, year. At three most. months. Yeah. yeah. So not not a. Not a huge time commitment, but yeah, it was still pretty. Uh, we took it pretty serious, so yeah. But even outside of that, like, were you running for any club team, like at the at that junior high level? Like, were you running for an, an equivalent to the Issaquah Gliders or? Um, no, I was still with the Gliders. Oh, you were while, yeah, while running. Yeah, but I just I wasn't uh, running with them as much, just because you know at junior high you've got you got football and then you got basketball and then you've got your track, so then it's hard to fit in the the uh, club track outside that. And I definitely want to talk about uh, your athletics outside of track because I know that you played other sports as yeah, well. Definitely. Tell me about some of those other sports that you like to do. Definitely. Um, so pretty much football and basketball uh, and track, like in junior high, were like, I didn't know which one I liked more. I think I always liked track a little bit more than the other two. Um, but when it was football season, I liked football the most. When it was basketball season, I liked basketball the most. Um, and then going up through high school, um, you know, still had the passion for it. Because uh, – like you say, you like track more than football and basketball, and and it's probably uh-huh. correct, but yeah. it can't be understated that you were a you were a football player. You know, like yeah, that's no, how that's how sure. a lot of people knew you. Yeah, also, basketball, sure. like that's kind of like because mm-hmm. I remember like you know you playing at the junior high level, you were always on varsity, you was one of the top players <laughs> on the team, yeah. and also football because you know you I mean think about it, you know a guy your size running at your speed, I yeah. mean that's something that stands down the football field. Definitely, you were, yeah. uh, you know you're playing, you're you're one of those guys that played, you know, a, yeah, a lot. Yeah, definitely. And, and like my question for you is, um, you know, you talk about excelling, you know, big time at those sports. But then it kind of tailed off, and I, I I don't want you know no, this isn't like no disrespect or anything, but yeah, it, yeah. it kind of tailed off because you were on pace to be a big star in those sports. Mm-hmm. So like, why do you think that it is think it is it is it didn't keep going for you at that point? Honestly, yeah, um, I think I might have spread myself a little bit too thin. Um, I think I was trying to do too much. I know there was a week where like um, it was in between the seasons. And I was doing football uh, workouts, like, right after school. And then after I finished football workout, I would go to the gym, get a basketball open gym in. Um, 
And then after that, get out on the track and do my track workout that my coach had given me. Um, and by that point, I mean, like, I think I was just spreading myself a little bit too thin. Um, and it was tough, I think, to keep up with everything. Even even though uh, there were high expectations for you, maybe like from some people, like you yeah, know, in football and that in those communities, like definitely, like Brent's got to be that you know go to receiver. Yeah, you know, no, no, he's got to be our point guard. You know, this exactly. Is, oh no, but he's got he's out track going. <laughs> there was a little bit of pressure with that. So I want to talk about um your sophomore year of football. Um, there was an incident. Uh, in I, I I'm sure you remember this where you saw somebody break their leg. Oh yeah. See, I don't I, do I, I don't know that. anything more than that, but I think yeah. The, can you tell me a little bit about that? Um. So yeah. We were uh, playing Bellevue, uh, Bellevue High School, and I was playing H at the time, and I think it was Solch came around, uh, pulled, um, and basically, I think someone, I don't remember who it was, someone was engaged with the guy, and then um, he kind of got bent funny, and then another guy hit him, and then you just hear the snap, um, and I was in an H, so I was right next to the right tackle, um, and I just, yeah, I saw it happen. That was pretty crazy. Uh, that was like the first time. I think it seemed like a huge injury like that. Because when that guy broke his leg, um, the bone like protruded yeah. through his uniform, right? Yeah, And you definitely. were literally two feet from it. <laughs> yeah, at that definitely. Time. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. That it, was 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 this a JV football or varsity football at that this, time? Yeah, this was when I was swinging JV varsity uh, my sophomore year. And we, we and this but, was a JV was, game. Oh, this wasn't a JV yeah, game. This was a JV game. Because you can find it on YouTube. I honestly don't know what keywords you would use to find it. Oh, that's really? Where, that's where I saw it. That's where I first oh, saw no it. Oh no way! It was like brutal injury happened. Oh, crazy. And, um, because Alexis showed us in our English class, she uh -huh. showed it is that and and like they showed you basically looking at it and then like uh -huh. you're looking. At yeah, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I didn't need to look at that. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Wow. Yeah. And then you know we're just throwing it back right now, but uh, after that, like your your style of playing football might not have been as intense or might not have been as physical after seeing that. And yeah, a lot of people uh, were were saying that um, that was a little bit different, um, but. I don't know. I think maybe for that game, it was it was a little bit like uh, eye opening, I guess. But um, I don't I don't think too, it didn't it didn't really affect me too far after that. I would say um, I was always kind of more of a speed guy. I was never I mean I was physical, but I was definitely always more of a speed guy. So I feel like it didn't really affect me too much. Some some people might have been a little bit melodramatic about yeah. your reaction. Yeah, some people to it. yeah, some people were saying that, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's let's get back to track. So when mm -hmm. you get into the high school level, um did the coaches on the track team know who you are like did, or just in general like did the league know who you are I guess at that point? Um going into high school? Yeah, yeah. Um so I think my high school coach had seen me run at the junior high championships. Uh the sprints and the head coach would always go out to that. But um coming in, I don't think they really knew who I was too much. Um, but I remember from my early, uh, like early on my sophomore year, um, my coach, he, uh, I was talking to him, I was like, yeah, you know, track's my favorite sport. And, um, we were working after practice, always working in extra. So I think pretty much, uh, right after the season started, he, uh, knew, um, I was pretty dedicated and, and pretty passionate about the sport. So they might not have known about your times or, you know, your, your career at Leota or mm -hmm. anything like that, but they kind of had an idea of, uh, this guy loves track. Yeah, I think this so. Guy, this guy yeah. wants to be good at track, right? Exactly, yeah. I think that was a vibe that definitely got for me. And were you running varsity your first sophomore year? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I, I might have, yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever ran a JV race. Um, yeah, so it was pretty much varsity, uh, from the get-go, which, which was not easy because you come from Leota where you're winning every single race. And then you get to high school, and now you know you're a little sophomore going up against these big seniors, and you're not winning every race. So that was definitely a big adjustment. And as you get to this point, are you starting to develop like rivals, or do you know people at, like oh, other yeah. schools that like oh I'm I'm no if I'm playing this school, 
this guy's going to be there in a 200. Absolutely. Yeah. You definitely get that. You, uh, you know, uh, what guy is on what team, you know, what he runs, um, and you want to beat him. Um, and you also know you, you probably see a guy in football and then you come back and you race him in track. So it's like, oh, you know, I'm seeing this guy in multiple sports, which is pretty cool. But yeah, you know, especially once you get to like Kinko districts, like, you know, who the guys are and you know who you got to beat to move on. So, so there is a little bit of scouting going on. In track. Oh, you, yeah. You definitely want to know who you're going up against. Definitely. Know, the, what, what, they, what they expect. You know, you, exactly. you got to be prepared. Exactly. So, you know, who's in your heat and you know what they run, um, you know who it is. So, yeah, the goal is just to beat them. And one of the strengths that you have is um, your diet, because I've heard that you have a very rigorous diet. Uh, you don't drink. Uh, you don't even eat potato chips. Uh, can, can you back me up on this? Right yeah, now? no, definitely. Yeah, that's 100% true. Um, I was, yeah, super strict on my diet, especially in season. Um, and I think that made a huge difference. I really think that um, it is the extra mile that you needed to go in track and field because uh, your body's a temple um, and you just have so much energy more energy when you eat healthy like this. I think it makes a huge difference. Um, and at Concordia, it was super nice because uh, all my other teammates were super into eating healthy, so we could always hold each other accountable. And would you guys, uh, I'm going to Concordia right now, would, did you guys like prepare, have you always been a guy that prepares your own meals? Like, or, you know, you always making your own food? Um, we actually would eat in the calf, um, but the good thing about the calf is all you can eat, and there's always a salad bar, bar and there's always a grill. So you could get salad and you can get grilled chicken and brown rice. So every we, single day? Yeah. Um, I would say I, I got that probably 85% of the time um, based if, you know, maybe they had fish or something else. But majority of the time, that's what, that's what we're getting. Because track stars, you know, they come in all different shapes and sizes. I mean, Definitely. you got Usain Bolt, he's 6'5", over 200 pounds. Yeah. And you got little guys like Johan Blake, mm-hmm. uh, who's like, what, 5'8", 165, yeah. something like that. So like... Where, where did you find the happy medium? Like, how do you judge your weight to maximize your speed potential? Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, well, everyone's def- different, like you said. Um, for me, I'm 6'1", so I'm on the taller end of a sprinter. Um, a lot of the time I was the tallest guy out there, but then you see some guys who are 6'5", 6'4". Um, but for me, for my weight, I'd say I like to be a little bit heavier because I want to feel stronger. Um, you don't want to be too heavy. Um, I pretty much would compete at... 182 um and i think that's where there's a happy medium between the strength but also not being too heavy where it slow you down um especially towards more towards my senior year i was more of a 200 meter runner um and that's uh i think that was like the perfect uh weight for me because some people that are casual would say well if you're 182 you run this fast well if you're 172 how much faster you be without that 10 pound you know backpack on Uh yeah but that's not that's not the right way to look at it it depends on what event um you are i know for the distance guy uh you want to be pretty much as light as you can be because you don't want to be carrying all that extra weight but you take a guy like justin gatlin who's successful um in the 100 and the 200 he's like 5 10 200 pounds um, and he's just super strong. He's got one of the best starts in the world. So I think there is no um, like format that you can say if you're this hot, if you're this tall, you should be this much weight. I think it kind of depends on the runner. So it does involve a little bit of experimenting. And as you're going into your senior year of high school, um, were you getting interest from colleges about potentially running for their university? Definitely, yeah. Um, Concordia had uh, given me my offer by then. And um, I'd been mostly receiving interest from D3 schools, um, a couple D2, NAIA, but mostly uh, D3 was was the interest. And when colleges are interested in you, like in football, it's a little bit different because they're yeah. looking at your, like what potential you might have, uh, like what offense did you play in. But track, I feel like the recruiting is mostly based off of your times. Yeah. Right? Is that I, is that what they did for you? Ninety percent is off your times, um, so they know what you run. 
Um, and yeah, so they, they look at your times, they look at your potential a little bit. So they knew I was a three sport athlete and, um, they knew I had a lot of potential cause I, I hadn't had as much focus on track as other people had. Uh, we only have outdoor track. A lot of schools have indoor and outdoor. Um, so they looked at that and then grades is also really important. What type of person you are. They don't want someone who's a, you know, a hothead who doesn't come in thinking they know everything. They want them to be coachable, um, and just someone who would fit the system so they could progress through the four years. And what were those times that you had uh, that impressed those Concordia Irvine uh, scouts? Yeah. Um, at that point, I think I was around like maybe 1154, um, 23.5. Um, so going into my senior year, I really PR'd a lot. And that's um, when schools had started showing the most interest. But it's, you know, late in your senior year. So it it's kind of kind of makes it tough. So eleven five four that was the hundred meter. Yeah, and, that was the hundred. Uh, Twenty was it was twenty three. Twenty three five was the two hundred meter. And mm-hmm. basically, what it comes down to is, and and you probably knew at the time if I can get to ten nine or oh 10, yeah. So like so basically eleven five four that's division two. Ten point nine D one two A like big yeah. sky. If you break eleven. Ten point yeah. five that's when you start getting the UW Oregon. Yeah. And then Olympics like ten. Is, this, is that is that the higher? Yeah, I'd I say guess? yeah, that's about right. Um. I was looking at the state results this year. There's like one guy who goes sub, uh, sub ten five. That guy is going to be the guy who's getting full rides from you know all the D ones. Um, if you can break eleven, uh, you can definitely run D one on scholarship. UW, I think you know would usually offer like one or two guys. So you got to be kind of like the top guy in the state if you want to you know run uh, run on scholarship for you know the big D one schools in the area. So yeah, it's, that's what makes it. And honestly, I think that's what makes it better than football or basketball or baseball. It's like you can't sit there and complain and be like, oh, they didn't take me seriously. <laughs> they didn't give me a chance. I showed them what I got. And they didn't. They just exactly. blew me off. But that's not. That doesn't apply the track because nope, there's just no cheating it. Right? Nope. It's it's black and white. This is what you run. Um, that's how fast you are. This guy's better than you. This guy's worse than you. The one thing though is hand time to um, like full full automatic timing. So you see a lot of people say, oh, I run this, but it's a hand time. Um, hand times aren't reliable. And then you got to look at wind a little bit. But for the most part, this is your time. And, you know, that's where you're at. There's no reason this guy's running faster than you. He's running faster than you. And I'm sure there's a system in place where, like, because colleges, this is, they take this very seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. their team's on the line. Their reputation's on exactly. the line. So they can't be getting these applications from, from students where it says, oh, I run a 10-6. Like, how do, what's the format for these colleges to make sure they get an accurate time, uh, not handheld? Um, so if someone's talking about their hand times, they're going to have to look back. Um, if someone's run, like, one ten six hand time and then a whole bunch of 11 sevens <laughs> automatic, you know there's something up, right? So they can look. You know, it's not just one time. They're going to look at them. They're going to see their consistency, and they're going to see what what they run. Um, if, you know, they're running they run a 10-9, hand time and then they run a whole bunch of 11 flats automatic they're gonna know it's, it's pretty pretty close okay so it's it's not just one or two times they look at exactly. they look at your whole career and exactly. your progression yeah so when you chose concordia irvine were there any other colleges that you were considering at that time mm-hmm. like you said you were talking about some d3 schools or yeah, some other potential schools definitely um i actually applied to like 10 or 11 schools but i had narrowed it down to about five that I was really super interested in um concordia irvine i was also looking at westmont um linfield um plu and Redlands. So those old schools, um, they have a religious affiliation. Was that mm-hmm. a big Was that a big draw for you? Um, yeah, I'd say it was. Um, I I was really interested. Um, I was Christian in high school, but I really um, I really wanted in college to you know go and see what it was like on my own. And I feel like that that also uh, played a big part. I've talked to a lot of my, my teammates about it, um, and they feel like going to a Christian school has really helped their faith develop a lot. And I I would agree. 
Yeah, right, right. Because mm-hmm. like Linfield and PLU, I mean, I was just, I don't know about Linfield, but PLU in those schools. Yeah, yeah. But also, um, the draw of Concordia Irvine was, because for the longest time, when I saw Concordia, there's a Concordia down in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, Brent's in Portland. That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. But it was it literally wasn't until like yesterday that uh-huh. I was like doing the background research and I found out, oh, Concordia Irvine. Irvine yeah. That's freaking Los Angeles, California. <laughs> yeah. Southern California. Right in Orange County, yeah. Is that, is that, how awesome is that, being in it Southern was, California? It was awesome. Um, yeah, I couldn't complain at all. It was one of the best experiences. That was one of the best choices I've ever made. Um, yeah, Concordia is an awesome place. It's right by Disneyland, right by the beach. Um, got to run in the sun you know every day and yeah it it was definitely a great choice it's a great area to be in and like so like were you going to the beach a lot <laughs> like oh we were talking yeah about like that california lifestyle oh right? yeah um going, going to the city right going yeah. to Los Angeles, California. exactly um i'd say we were going to the beach uh after practice on like a friday or saturday um especially in the fall season when we don't have meets almost every weekend it's awesome yeah and did that influence like where you might want to live in the future. Like, oh, oh, for I, sure. If I want to live down here one day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Got to get back to Cali. Um, yeah, I love Washington. I pretty much love the West Coast, but uh, ultimately one day I'd be back in California. That, that is the goal. Okay, <laughs> for okay. Sure. that makes yeah. sense. All right, so yeah, right now we're talking about your career in Irvine. Um, and we're talking about, you know, your career there. Uh, first of all, it's Concordia Irvine, a big college, a little college. No, like, what's the atmosphere yeah, in that place? It's a, it's a small college. Um, it's right next to UCI. Um, but yeah, it's a small college, but it's it's got a great feel to it. Everyone on the campus is super friendly, um, and yeah, it's it's just a great school. And in uh, anything outside of uh, like like obviously athletics is part of it, but just in general, I mean, any any hobbies or passions that you had uh, outside of outside of track and school? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say going to the beach uh, was awesome, um, and then just pretty much hang out with my friends in the dorm room. Uh, always live with track guys, and they just mob over. Um, and we're always just hanging out, you know, messing around, watching movies, playing games, um, and then just doing stuff outside when we can. So I guess you weren't, because like the living situation was, you guys are all like kind of together in a dorm. Yeah. You're not living in like apartment or a house off campus it, or anything like that. It was an on-campus apartment. So it wasn't like a, uh, after freshman year, it wasn't a dorm room. So I lived with four track guys. Um, yeah. And it, it was fun. It it was always happening in that room. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the work schedule like for you guys? Like, first of all, like what, what are the seasons like for track mm-hmm. and what's the schedule like, like on a, like just on a daily basis? Yeah, definitely. So, um, we start practice, uh, two weeks into school. Um, and then we go all the way to finals week of, uh, the last semester. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a grind for sure. I mean, it's a long season cause you go basically from start of school to the end of school. So it's an entire year. Um, and practice so pretty much in the fall um, we'll go to the training room before practice uh, make sure that we're ready to go and then we got practice um, about two two to three hours depending on the day and then afterwards we'll have weights and then after that we'll hit uh, training room again um, and yeah that's that's pretty much an average day but and that happens after class right so you guys aren't waking up at 5 a.m. yeah so we practice at 2 um, so yeah, we're getting our classes in, done in the morning, uh, getting lunch in, and then by one one thirty, we're getting in the training room. That's probably a better way to do it because you, you've probably seen the football, the D one football schedule, like they're waking up at five a.m. So I was yeah. thinking, like, is that what you guys do? Is that you guys wake up really early? Yeah, yeah. no, we yeah we're lucky. Uh, we'll we'll have to wake up early for class. Like we have seven thirty class because we have to get everything done by two. Um, but yeah, pretty much uh, you could block out like one thirty 
to about six, six thirty, depending on the day. For it's just it's for a straight track. work for track. Yeah, exactly. So we never had morning weights or anything. It was always weights after practice. And as far as the, the weightlifting, um, is it this big compound lifts or is there specific like track specific lifts that you guys do? Definitely. Um, well, we start off this uh, this season trying to build strength. Um, so that's when we're doing the big lifts and stuff, and then we're going to be testing, uh, maxing, uh, three rep um, toward, towards uh, more winter. And then once we get in season, then it's all maintenance stuff because um, you can't be lifting heavy at that point. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, so you, you've got the strength that you've already built up through the fall. So by that point, um, it's just maintenance. So right now we're talking about the track lifestyle, um, you know, talking about what it was like for you down in Corey Irvine. Mm-hmm. Um, you had goals down there. Uh, what were some of those goals you had, and do you feel like you accomplished them? Definitely, 100%. Um, so going into my senior year, actually, so every year for track, um, you always have number goals. Uh, so I say, you know, I want to run this time. I want to run this time. Um, and going into my senior year, I wanted to make the most of it. And actually my goal, uh, of the year was, you know, the Friday, Friday night lights movie. I I watched it. Yeah. 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 Um, the speech that the coach gives at halftime of the state championship game basically talks about being perfect. Um, and he describes what being perfect is. And that was my goal for the year was just to be perfect in the aspect of giving a hundred percent every day. Um, you know, treating my, my teammates and my family, right. Um, and that was ultimately my goal. I said, if I, if I am perfect, then the times will take care of themselves. Um, in the back of my head, I had a number of goals and a couple other goals. Um, I wanted to qualify for conference. Um, you know, PAC West division two is, is tough to get to conference, but my goal is just getting in conference. Um, and then I had a couple of times, uh, especially for the 200 that I wanted to hit. And I was able to complete all those goals. And because prior to that, were you not able to get the conference, or was that something that you were climbing I was, over the years? I was able to get the conference, um, but it was always tough. It was always super tough. Um, I actually qualified for conference every year, um, but this year that the conference was just a lot more competitive. So um, it was definitely tougher to get a conference this year, but I uh, was able to do it. And then during your time at Concordia, were, mm-hmm. were there any events or races that stuck out to you? Um, yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a, the first time I broke 23 seconds in the 200, um, at Point Loma, my senior year, uh, that, that was the first one that comes out to me. Um, I was actually in the race, uh, with one of my best friends. He was in lane one, I was in lane four and, um, I had run 23.06, And one of my lifetime goals was just get under 23. Um, and you know, got out well. Um, didn't have the best curve and then came off the curve, um, and just attacked and ended up, uh, winning my race. And I turn around and my friend just gives me a huge hug. And I was like, Oh man, I like, probably, you know at that time that I did not know he, he had a huge <laughs> cool. smile on his face. So I said, something crazy probably just happened. And then I see coach Woods running from across the field screaming. And I was like, Oh man, I probably just broke 23. Just gives me a huge hug. And then uh, coach Bowman, our head coach comes up. And they tell me the time, and I just no. Well, what was it? It was twenty three sixty or twenty two sixty nine. Awesome! That you really broke that. Yeah. Record, so not right? only did I just I crushed twenty twenty three. So it it that was like one of the craziest moments right there. That was that was an awesome moment. And like for all of us, we have that number in our head. Yeah. Like for me, it's uh, it's download numbers. You know, it's like like dude, you just broke this number right down. Exactly. Oh, what a, it's, it's exactly. Like, so it's like to the people listening. 20, they hear 23 and they don't know the significance yeah. of it. But for you, that's a lifetime of work that yeah. you put into getting that exactly. number. Exactly. And it's Days like. Days of work. Yeah. And it's, and it's like everybody's chasing their 23 right now, basically. Yeah. Hopefully exactly. One day. Everyone's got their own 23 out there. Um, and then once you break it, it, I mean, everyone knows how amazing that feeling is. And that's what I was feeling at that moment. And at that point, you 
choose another something, it's another number to knock exactly, down. Which, exactly. It, it's a matter of it's like in the classroom or on the field or exactly. any aspect like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we're wrapping up talking about career at Concordia, uh, I know there's a lot of people that impacted your life there. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you can you like say some of those guys that helped you out along oh, the way? Oh, definitely. Oof, man, that's tough. All right. So uh, freshman year, uh, Jordan Thomas, um, he took me under his wing, uh, and JT Royston, Brad Battenberg, uh, they really took me under their wing um, and showed me what college track was all about. And then uh, sophomore year, St. Ives coming in. That guy was a stud. Um, and then I got to give a shout-out, my best friend, Brett Hayes, um, all four years with that guy. We have been through it all together. I mean, we've seen everything, been through so many ups and downs. I mean, crazy stuff. Um, a lot of tough times. But, yeah, Brett Hayes, David Amici, Paul Romero, Gregory Warner, um, man, David Playtez, Garrett Cash, Cameron McLeod, Chris Henderson, I mean, all those guys, I hope I didn't miss anyone. All those guys uh, mean the world to me. I mean, we put in work together, and uh, it, it, it paid off. So, yeah. As we bring it back to the present time, looking towards the future, um, your, your major, did, does it apply to where you're going, where going in the future, or is that something that you might, you might not even use for the next 15 or 20 years? Yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, business management and marketing. Um, so I think management will help me as far as, you know, lo- knowing how to be a leader and stuff like that. Um, and maybe, you know, get in the business world, um, on the side or something like that. Um, or, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I mean, you can always take what you learn in the classroom, I think, and apply it to life. Like I've learned so many different things, so I think it'll help me. Um, I just, we'll just have to see what, as far as the career path goes, but I think as far as what I learned in the classroom, ultimately that will always help me. Yeah, and, and the ultimate goal for you is uh, like you know, w- w- like how, how do you want how do you want to be known? You know, for exactly. for, for your life, you know, and, and yeah. where you're going in the future. So yeah, that's that's definitely a great question. That's what I was trying to figure out because I was always trying, you know, I was always kind of known as the track guy, and then now I've, now I've got to find something new I identify myself with, um, and that's really where I think I fit in with law enforcement and the Coast Guard. Um, so I think what I want to be know- known as is someone who's just honest and someone who made a difference, um, someone who impacted other people's lives for the better. And yeah, because then you talk about the identity and like some people, you know, the, it, it's, it's hard sometimes, you know, find out yeah, what you want to do. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially like, you know, college football world and, you know, like a lot of people chase those dreams and when it's done, it's, it's, it's really important. Some people I know identify in their fate. Some people identify in, uh, you know, whatever they want to do long term. Mm-hmm. And for you, I, I definitely kind of see what you're saying with the Coast Guard. Yeah, how, definitely. That, 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 how much that means to you. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, yeah, so we're wrapping up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's been great having you on the show. Yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm it's glad awesome. that uh, you, you got a chance to, you know, uh, tell your story and talk yeah, about where sure. you came from. Yeah, Thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah, yeah, awesome. it's, a, it's yeah. been a good time, Brent. Thanks yeah, for being on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, that was Brent Constantine. It's sad. It really is a little bit sad. Brent's been running his whole life, and hearing him tell his stories of breaking his PRs, living his dreams, seeing his hard work pay off, it's special. He's been playing sports ever since he was a little kid, and now it's done, and it's on to the next chapter, and it appears that... With this desire to be an officer in the Coast Guard, he will continue to achieve anything that he sets his mind to, because that's who Brent is. He's one of the hardest working guys you'll ever meet. Find him on Twitter, at B.A. Constantine, Instagram, at Brent Constantine, and if you enjoyed Brent Constantine's podcast, send him a message, send him a tweet, tell him you enjoyed the show. These guys always appreciate that feedback on their podcast. They love hearing feedback on their show. This has been the Superstar Showcase for Micah Chen. I'm Micah Chen, signing off. A little bit, yeah. Um, just trying to think about life after track. Um, I honestly never thought I'd see the day. 
right, I, yeah, right. yeah. I never thought I'd see the day, but it, it was there. And so I, I was always thinking, you know, what's going to be, what's going to be next. Um, and it never seemed real until it actually happened. 